just two weeks ago, uh, mid-May, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences hosted a special celebration uh, for the 20th anniversary of the film Love and Basketball, confirming that this film is definitely considered to be a classic. But does it really deserve this designation? Well, this is the right perspective. The podcast where we review and discuss TV shows and films that are considered classics by the world or by one of us, and then decide whether it is worthy of the title classic. Today, we are going to discuss love and basketball, and at the end, we'll decide whether it gets zero, one, two, or three basketballs. So, <laughs> you want to kick us off, bro? Okay. So, it's... it's... <laughs> All right, so for, uh, first I'm surprised. The soundtrack, yes! Yes! <laughs> well, as we are doing, the person or uh, who, or one of us who haven't seen the movie, if that's the case, um, will do the recap of the movie briefly. And after that, we will review it. So in this case, since I've never seen Moving Basketball, until we are doing this review, I guess it is my job to do a review of the movie. Wait, should right. we introduce ourselves again? Us again. Us the second second <laughs> recording, second time Aubrey is not kicking off the introductions. Oh, so I say I, we do introductions every time. Yeah, but you know, we don't have to do a whole big long introduction. We could just like yeah. say our names real fast. All right, well, look, 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 I'm not a I'm not a podcaster. I don't know how you this are. works. You are just, now. Just, you are. Just well, you're in here. <laughs> All right. Hi, my name is Aubrey Wright. I'm the I'm, I'm the oldest sibling of the uh of the rights. I'm the oldest sibling of the rights who involved with the right perspective. And I am Janaya Wright. I'm the middle child. <laughs> and I am Brittany Wright, or Brittany Wright. <laughs> I am the youngest. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've, we've never, never pronounced your name correctly your entire life, except Listen. for John. We just, we, just, we just eliminated a whole syllable. Yeah, that's one of many things that I have always done well. And never, oh never, never received the credit mainly, I deserve. Mainly because she only says it when she's angry. <laughs> That's the only time she says all the syllables. <laughs> Other than that, it's burped. Yeah. I love or my little burped. tiny or my little tiny baby little sister. Yes. <laughs> There's probably some psychological implications with that. Sure, well. exactly. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Of course. Exactly. <laughs> Issues running amok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bro, you were going to kick us off because me and Brittany, we we not only know this movie. I mean, we 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 know this movie. Okay, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so it would just be too easy for one of us to do the synopsis. It would be too easy, and it also it would be it would be just laden with our uh, the tone of of affection. We can't you. just 
objectively okay. summarize the movie. Uh, so you, bro, me. give us the synopsis of Love and Basketball. Okay, so Love and Basketball <laughs> is the story of two neighbors who are uh, uh, a, a boy and a girl who both really love basketball. And they've loved basketball their entire lives. Uh, I believe their names are Monica and Q. Not, yep, Quincy. Right, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Monica and Quincy. Okay, so they grew up uh, next to each other. And basically, they were introduced to each other through basketball, uh, in which case Quincy first saw Monica thought she was a boy, invited her to play basketball, realized he was, uh, realized she was, in fact, a little girl. And he didn't want to play her at first, but he ended up playing her. And she actually was about to beat him. And so he knocked her down. And this was their introduction. And of course, this dynamic will continue through this epic movie, back and forth. So uh, <laughs> Q is knocking her down. Q, mm. Q, Q his his uh, father is actually a basketball player who plays for the Clippers. Mm -hmm. Memory mm -hmm. serves in uh, as I don't watch sports, I don't really know if there's any implications that are supposed to be because of that. You know, like I don't know if that's a less smaller team or a bigger team or, or whatever, but based on like the house and stuff like that, it seems like maybe it wasn't the biggest team, but he was a, still a professional basketball player. And uh, his son ended up being very, very good uh, in basketball. Now, Monica's father is uh, a banker. And uh, so he I, I, they don't ever get into whether or not he's truly into sports at all, but Monica's whole basketball love seems second to everybody in her family besides Monica. Okay, so fast forward to high school. Uh, Quincy is a star. Uh, Monica is very good in her basketball team. Quincy's a star in his basketball team. Monica's good, but she's not the star. Right. Um, they're both looking to be recruited. Quincy gets recruited very easily. Monica gets recruited uh, ultimately because someone else dropped out due to uh, circumstances. I think it was a pregnancy. So uh, spot she was supposed to take at USC, which is the college that they both end up at. I, I should have said that. Um, so Quincy goes to USC very easily. Monica. Uh, gets there, but just by the skin of her teeth, basically. And the funny thing is, is in their college experience, uh, they actually start to go in different directions in terms of their success. Because uh, Quincy found out that his father uh, possibly has a child on the side and pretty much does have a child on the side, but definitely has women on the side. And he's always looked at his father as this paragon of what it is to be a man. 
and what it is to be a, a, a good person in in this world and to the fact that he uh you know is in is in the situation where he has women on the side possible children on the side it really rocked his entire worldview to the point where it's difficult for him to even perform mm -hmm. basketball wise mm -hmm. now in the relationship between him and his father since his father knows a lot about being the in the nba his father wants him to stay in school you know graduate and ultimately have that experience, have that build up to get ready to go to the NBA, which was advice he was taking, Quincy was taking prior to finding out about his father. And so this made him not be concerned with what his father's saying anymore. So he dropped out of college, went to the NBA. Uh, Monica actually um, started doing better in basketball uh, because the starter in her uh, position ended up getting injured, so she was able to show her stuff, and she was able to be very successful. So, uh, as she was becoming more successful, Quincy is in, you know, the darkest place of his life. Mm. So, obviously, mm. he doesn't know how to be there for him, and um, not only that, she doesn't necessarily she should, she, they are together, but Obviously, uh, even though she needs to be there for him, she also has to be there for herself, right? Absolutely. You know, so, so this mm -hmm. is just a they, they been, they've been they've been on the grind, and right, she's right. still things yeah, have she, happened, but the grind mm -hmm. continues. Right. And, uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't I don't think you're supposed to interrupt during sorry. the sorry. synopsis. Part. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're right. All right. So so <laughs> <laughs> so okay so. <laughs> so basically, Quincy breaks up with her. He breaks up with her, and I don't even really think he knew why. Well, that's getting into synopsis. I mean, not getting out of the synopsis, but basically, it didn't seem like he even really had a full like reason. It's just more like he was just feeling bad or something, and he just um, projected it towards her, and so ended up mm. breaking up with her. And so then you fast forward, the movie fast forward to uh, five years uh, later. And in this case, uh, he is a professional basketball player, but more of a second string type basketball player. He hasn't really had the breakout success he expected. And uh, Monica is now playing overseas. And so what happened is, is that Monica's lost the love for basketball. She's in a world where she has no friends. So she ends up coming back. Uh, Quincy actually tore his ACL uh, during a good play. He was actually having a good play when he, and he came down towards ACL, which is, I had to Google this because again, I don't know about sports, but this is apparently a very serious uh, injury. That's a career threatening type of injury. So, now, again, uh, he's in a dark place. She decided to move back to the States because of everything I was talking about before. She comes back. Quincy is now engaged to someone he clearly doesn't have a super, super strong dynamic with. And um, she decides that she's going to go for him. And she challenges him uh, to say that, look, I know you still love me. You know, basically, I, I feel it. And he says, 
he, uh, you know, he's moved on. He's going to, he's getting married and all that kind of stuff. And she challenges him to a game of basketball for his heart to five points, which she loses. But then he says double or nothing, essentially saying that he uh, is forfeiting his heart and the game to her. And then you fast forward to her having a career in the WNBA and he is in the stands with their daughter um, watching. They don't really get into whether he's still an athlete or not, but I assume he's not just based on, you know, I think it's implied that he's he's more supporting her in in her dream. So that is my synopsis. If I missed anything or I haven't seen the movie 50 times, like. That was good. No, you did a great That was job. very good. You that was good, bro. Great job. And you know, and I, um, you know, Brittany picked this, picked this movie for us, but I have to share the story of, of, of seeing this movie for the first time. <laughs> I have to share it with you all because it came out during my freshman year at college. That's what you have to understand. And I was at a black school and, um, you know, because I think that they had done something special because the main characters in this movie were black. They had gone to certain black school campuses and done special screenings. And so we had a chance to see the movie before it was out, really. And they came to Howard and it was so much fanfare. Signage all over the campus. And the signage was, um, you know, the actual... Um, there were, there were, I can actually remember many posters of the movie, but the primary poster is a picture of um, the two main characters holding each other, kissing, and, and, and holding up a basketball uh, while they're kissing and holding each other. And it was just the most <laughs> exciting thing. And it was like a red carpet kind of experience when we saw the movie um, on Howard's campus. And it was just amazing. And so to watch the movie as a young person, um, and, you know, when you think about your, your mindset in, in those early college years, things like true love, you know, coming for you, you know, things like having, you know, being able to discover your life's passion, things like being able to, um, you know, reconcile relationships with parents, those are all things that are so top of mind for you. And so the movie was just so relatable. And, and even the fact that the main characters, they were like middle-class black people, you know, it, they, it was just such a relatable movie. It just felt so real. And it was, it was just, it, 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 it left such an impression on me and my friends that actually at the end of freshman year, we made a little, the girls on my dorm floor, we made a little yearbook for ourselves and we made Love and Basketball the movie of the year in our yearbook because both, that is how profound it was for us to see it. So, so I love this movie. I have so much affection for it and watching it now as an adult, I have so many feelings. But sis, what made you, you know, pick this to be one that we focused on? To be very honest, 
to ensure that I got on our brother's nerve. Uh, <laughs> mission accomplished. Mission, mission accomplished. With extreme, I... with extreme prejudice. <laughs> I knew that this was something that, well, I did not know. For some reason, I can't remember in our conversation, but I brought it up and he was like, oh, I've never seen that. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? You're a Negro that was an old enough to see this. You did not. <laughs> you have not seen a black rom-com when black rom-coms were coming out every five seconds. Brittany, this was not a comedy. This is a romantic drama. Well, I will say, uh, okay, a, uh, a rom-drum. There you go. <laughs> With this rom-drum, you haven't seen this? And so um, that is why I chose the movie. But also, I guess, it, but it really did kind of catch me off guard because I was like, I just assume yeah. that every black person has seen this movie, mm-hmm. especially because the actors and actresses that are in there are were literally, it seemed like every movie during that time, almost, you know, you have Salah, uh, Sanaa Lathan, Omar Epps, Regina Hall, Gabriella Union. You have so many of these people that we still know and love, but they're in this movie and making it so so classic in the topics that it was dealing with infidelity toxic relationships um uh, toxic relationships in terms of parents toxic romantic relationships there are so many topics within this movie choosing a career versus love or being young and having to make hard decisions and what is it like when your life trajectory changes and someone and then the person that you knew so well for so many years now your lives are going separate ways mm-hmm. i was watching this like did i know what else because it came out in 2000 so did i know what i was watching in high school of course I, not I, you never I, know you never know in high school Mm-mm. You know, that's grown folks stuff that's grown folks stuff so mm-hmm. i knew it was a uh, a black movie but also what made it even more pivotal the WNBA had not been around that long. WNBA started in 1996. So to think that this movie now was showing this all these basketball player women just, you know, owning it and being great, but then also seeing that struggle during that time that there was no place for them mm. in the United States. They had mm. to go over. It's just such a, a great movie. And then even to... Um, a point that I was, because uh, Kyla Pratt, who plays young Sanaa Lathan in the movie, she was, well, she Young Monica. Was, well, yeah, young Monica in the movie. Mm-hmm. She recently uh, was in an episode of Insecure. And so when I saw an interview with her and Issa Rae, and Issa Rae was saying, I just, I'm, your roles were so great for me when I was younger, because it was great seeing a tomboy. So watching just even that be something that was so huge in the movie that she was a basketball player. She was not dresses. She was not, you know, not saying that you have to be a basketball player to be a tomboy, but she was not a girly girl. That was, she was very opposite from who her sister was. So there are just so many things in that movie and watching it now just brought up things that I did not think that it would bring up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, I and I and you know and, and since you know it's you're so it's so what's interesting I would say and I think this will be 
a good discussion for the three of us. None of us are people that, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but none of us are like avid sports fans, right? Like, I right. mean, right. you know, I, I, I go to sporting events all the time because I just think they're fun, but I don't have teams I follow and things like that. Um, and I certainly can never call myself a, a basketball fan in the real sense. But there's something about this movie that does make you feel passionate about basketball. And um, I was watching an interview with the director, Gina Prince Bythewood, and she wrote it and put, it's semi-autobiographical, the whole movie. And she was a basketball player growing up. And she, she talked about wanting to make sure that the love and, and pain and passion of basketball comes through in the movie. And bro, you know, listen, we know this is not your kind of genre, but what's your reaction to just like the, um, the basketball, you know, the love of basketball in the movie, just basketball is a theme in the way that it's held in the movie. Um, I, I, I approach this movie with the most open mind that I'm capable. <laughs> oh God. Of of watching, but it's just movies like the, to answer your question, I didn't feel I didn't get that feeling of mm. this um passion about basketball. To me it more felt like um, okay, we have a cookie cutter love story, and we're just going to use basketball as the vehicle in this one, mm, as opposed wow. to whatever, whatever I else. Like. The whole, you know, the whole meet when you like it was a movie that when you see the first scene, you can literally. <laughs> Right, you, you can <laughs> tell the whole movie as soon as you see the first scene. Like you don't need to see the rest of the movie. You already know what's going to happen. You already know. Okay, there's a little girl and a little guy playing basketball, so they both like basketball. She's probably going to have a little hard time because she's wanting breaking into sports, and he's probably going to get big, and there's probably going to be something, some conflict based on that, but they're going to end up together at the end, so who really cares about any of this? And that's the feeling that I felt, and I was hoping that it would play out differently, but I'm just saying that's the only thing, so, so I didn't feel like this, um, man, these people are very passionate about basketball, but I, I wouldn't even have thought about that because that's not what the movie is about. The movie is about the two protagonists ultimately falling in love and and getting together so uh so i didn't get i didn't get that feel i i wouldn't necessarily say that i got a feel that was like okay this movie is really other than it being you know loving basketball that that was kind of like a side character right a sub character in the movie for basketball i will say though basketball did was huge to show Men, man versus woman. Mm -hmm. So, Sanaa Lathan, uh, Monica's in the movie. Monica, she was, 
she was the captain on our high school basketball team. Mm -hmm. And she was doing well, but there were the different parts, right? So if Monica was showing aggression, um, being upset at a call, a ref's call, anything like that, she was in trouble for it. And she knew very well that if a man showed that in a game, that it's, that's just passion. Which is, you know, we will go back and forth about that all the time, right? Um, there's also the dynamic of Quincy. The reporter says to him, you know, I've been watching you your whole basketball career. No reporter. There's not as many people at the women's basketball games. None of that. Um, you also have getting into um, just the, oh, there's going to be a, an announcement of what college he's going to. You know, even though there are recruiters looking for female basketball players as well. Mm -hmm. So just showing the difference between men and women and how they're treated when it comes to sports and, and, and those different things that do happen. And I don't, and because we're not right big sports people, I don't know as much, but when I do watch sports, how often are you seeing, like, is, is there a big thing for the WNBA draft? I don't know. Like, you know, just are, are these things that still, um, that still do happen? And so and even for when it came to them being in college, you know, we're still having conversation, looking to him to be in the NBA. People are already wanting to recruit him. No one's paying as much attention to the women's basketball games. So just seeing that there was just this difference, this dynamic that was playing out and how their lives were looking. And even um, Monica's father, who was her biggest cheerleader, even at some point he did say, listen, it's time to start looking into some other things possibly other than just playing basketball. So there's still this, your biggest supporter is aware that this is probably not even a future for you because we're not looking to women to, to have a WNBA at that time, that year in the movie at that time. So, you know, just th those different things, it did show just that dynamic, that difference um, between those two worlds. Yeah, I and I think that's such an important point, sis, because... What we're talking about here is really the ability um, for uh, people to actualize, like the opportunity to, 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 to fully um, become whoever it is that, that, that it, to be able to follow that path that you're, you're feeling pulled toward, right? You have these interests, you have things you're passionate about. And there are going to be things in your life that enable you. And then there are going to be things in your life that hinder you. And in this case, both of these um, people came from supportive homes. And so their home life, at least to some degree, was going to enable them to pursue these things. But, this, but the industries, the industries, the opportunity to truly to make it, to have career path, it was not the same for the mm -hmm. two of them. And so I think it was wonderful that basketball was the fulcrum because it was like, you know what? Um, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how passionate she is. It doesn't matter that she genuinely cared about basketball. And Quincy discovers later on 
that he really was just doing it because his, mm -mm. his father exactly. had projected basketball onto him as a career and he was doing it to make his father proud and then then playing basketball despite his father but it was really truly monica's passion and she just didn't even have the opportunity to have the potential path that he had you know and and that but that and that kind of thing started playing out for her as a barrier very early on that's another thing this movie does deal with is that the relationship, like just just these 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 stereotypes around femininity and masculinity? Like, mm -hmm. what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman? You know, and um, as a, as a child, she's she's getting pressure from people to be a certain kind of way. You know, and it continues. It continues throughout life. You know. You know, this is and I, I obviously we're you know, we're going to stay at our home base of, of the movie. But um, I think it does, the movie, you can definitely have that conversation after watching it. But um, I think in her case, everything we're saying is how it is. But in, in her specific case, but often people say that Society basically dictates the gender roles rather than reflecting the gender roles, and and I, or the you know what we're talking about in this case, and the um, I think that the reality is. Well, you know what? We're not even. I, I don't. I, I don't know if it's necessary for us to go for it. Go for it. No, 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 let's do please it. Please keep going. Go no, all, but I'm just. Please I'm go ahead. I'm, because I'm just. Listen, saying, I the, have the, a the ton thing, of notes. We're going there. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is, is that when you look at a movie like this, obviously it's going to be put in the context of because it's a movie, right? You, you you're talking about this guy who projected onto his son. And we're talking about this woman um, growing up who um, people were trying to project other things onto them, uh, onto her specifically. But what I'm saying is, is that the purpose of basketball or any sporting event is to make money. And I think that if people, the the sport will go wherever people pay to see. So, so if, if what I'm saying is, well, if, that, if, if 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 tickets are available. Well, tickets have been. If there are no tickets available, people ain't gonna go. Well, the tickets have been available for the WNBA since 1996, right? And I'm saying that. I don't think any of us can name an active WNBA player. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's a problem. But, but listen, th th what, what I'm saying is, is people, like, you can't control what people want to see. Like, yes, like that, they always control and, what it is. All the time. Well, well, that, that, listen, listen. That, that, <laughs> that's this, what the media this, does. Look. That is, that's all true. And that's obviously part of a much 
wider conversation. What I'm what I'm trying to drill down to on this point is, do you really think that if people on a huge scale wanted to, you know, had a had a demand to see women playing this sport, do you think people wouldn't feed into that? Like like of course like if there's people who want to like if you're let's say you have a WNBA game. Right. And it's sold out like the first night is sold out or whatever. And it, it is always selling out. Then obviously people are, you know, the people who are making money are going to push it even further. So what I'm saying is, is that a lot of times people, in my opinion, look at these things as like, OK, this is um, this type of movie is, is, is shedding a light on the fact that, uh you know, there aren't as many basketball opportunities for women. And what I'm saying is, is that I feel like it's, you're not even allowed to have the other side of the conversation, which says, well, if people wanted to see women playing basketball, it would be successful. It would be more, it would the be reason, more successful. The reason why it's harder to, 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 for, for people to kind of indulge that part of the conversation is that we all know that they're, they're being, that markets for things are created. They don't just necessarily immediately exist. When it comes down to things, there are certain, there are certain things that, you know, one of the best, um, when you are, any, any business, any business, that if it's going to make money, it has to satisfy a need. And so there are certain things that are like, you know, food where you know it's a, it's a clear and obvious and ongoing need but a passion for sport that is that is something that is created through propaganda and through i mean at the end of the day it has to be it's not enough that there is um that some interest has been created there's no way that women's basketball can become the machine that men's basketball is unless it has the exact same kind of support, same kind of fanfare, same kind of notoriety for the players that come out of it, same kind of, you know, celebration for, you know, tournaments, the same amount of money going into it. Those are the kinds of things that end up making little girls start to then aspire. But if you never, if you don't see it and it's not, it's not out there, it's not, this is, this is really one of those things where it's like, this is a, this is the kind of market that has to be created. It's not just going to live. Someone has to say there's value here and then they need to to put the money and the energy behind it. And that is the exact point that I'm talking about because people will say, okay, this people say that basically marketing creates the audience and i'm saying that marketing finds the audience and that is even for even for sports absolutely and i'm gonna tell you why because um a lot of times people don't like to talk about our natures as as people our nature as human beings. And unfortunately or unfortunately, we're very tribal. You know, just 
everybody wants, you know, what's my team? What's my team? Am I this? Am I that? Am I mm-hmm. Democrat? Am I mm-hmm. Republican? Am I, you know, I'm a this fan? Am I that fan? People love having their teams because we're tribal by nature. And we, and because we're tribal by nature, we end up running into each other and we contest each other by nature because we're tribal. Like, so if I, my tribe runs into your tribe, most often there's going to be some kind of friction there. And I mean, if we're just being realistic and looking back at human history, that's just what it is. So what I'm saying is, is the things that we are are attracted to as people are reminiscent of our uh, our nature. And what I'm saying is, is that we're not in, in common life, in common life, we don't have to fight over resources anymore, right? We don't have to, um, it, it's the, the biggest and, you know, the biggest and strongest guy doesn't have, or person that doesn't have to fight this person to get their, you know, food or, or whatever, uh, or their shelter or anything that um, is, is a necessity of life. So that mm-hmm. means for this. That so, could be argued. You know, I, I get what you're saying. And yes, I agree with you on that. But, but, <laughs> but for, for the sake of this conversation, just yeah. follow. I'm not talking about the overarching, complete, you know, whatever of no, no. the world. But, but, but what I'm saying is, is that what sports does is gives an outlet for that tribal um, contest, uh, desire to contest each other. And desire to see who's the biggest and who's the strongest and who's the best and who's the fastest. It replaces a human need. And what I'm saying is, is men and women revere the biggest and the strongest and the fastest in those cases. And and when we're talking about what uh, attracts men to women, it's not that. And if you even mention that, like like no guy, most guys are not saying, you know, I want to see the biggest, strongest, fastest woman. Like that's that's what is attracting, you know, that's what I want to watch or that's what I want to see. That's what I'm attracted to. What I'm saying is, is that that's not most people. And it's not because of like, there's no way you can uh, market out human nature. And so if, because I'm telling you, if people wanted to see women playing basketball as much as they would want to see men playing basketball, you couldn't stop it. You couldn't stop it. If you tried to create it, it's not going to be the same way it is when you're just naturally attracted to see these, you know, these people competing in this way. But you literally created an entire dynamic that has nothing to do with sports. Meaning meaning that you brought in a dynamic of being what is attracted. Me as a man, do I want to see a woman that's the biggest, the strongest, da-da-da-da? Men are not the only ones watching sports. On top of that, though, Absolutely. you're bringing into... You're bringing into it, though, a dynamic that is not important, whether she's cute or attractive or not. I'm not that has, you're, you're, but that's you're, you're what missing, you you're, just you're, you're said. Missing, no, I got you're your my point. point. You're missing my point. But, you, but you that's know, what if, you just said. If you, if you just said that. If you are, now, 
listen, what I'm saying is, is that people, I'm talking about people, okay? And I'm talking, I'm not talking about attractiveness like, you know, somebody wants to get with somebody or something like that. I'm talking about what people are attracted to watch. And what I'm saying is, is that if people were attracted to watch women in this context, it would be more successful. You couldn't stop it. I, and, and the other thing I'm saying is, is you can't create it. Like you, it doesn't matter how much marketing you do at the end of the day. And, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. You know, bro, I, I know, I know we should get back to the movie, but it's just, I, I, I just, I wish we had more time because I could not possibly disagree with you more. And I'm thinking of so many examples. I'm thinking about water. Nobody needed bottled water because water was everywhere. It was everywhere. And now somebody said, guess what? You do need bottled water. You need it. And you need this brand. No, you need this brand. No, you, you need, need brand. PG. You need Voss. You need uh, Nestle. And, and literally, literally, they created the market and now it is thriving. Someone said, you know what? Coffee is better when it's $4 and has a fancy name. You will like it more when you pay more for it. It's not, now coffee isn't just a drink. Coffee is an experience. And we said, mm -hmm. oh, I thought okay. coffee was just, a, it was a routine part of breakfast. It was, it was so caffeine it was in the morning. And now all of a sudden, coffee is fashionable. Bro, markets are created all the time and people mm -hmm. tell you what is attractive to you and the people come around and it just keeps happening that happens all the marketing. time it happens all the time it's just it's it, you know but you know there actually there is a segue back to the movie on this topic which is this is really something that kind of comes up in the relationship between um you know uh I'm thinking about the character Monica and her mother. You know, I think this is a really interesting relationship to explore because the mother is wanting Monica to really embody some of those more traditional things that are more attractive, you know, to people. And Monica is just wanting, she's pushing back from a very early age and saying, but those things don't, don't feel do right that. to me. They don't feel right to me. And there's even a point where she's a teenager where she basically says, mom, I know that you're, t you, you, you probably, you, you're assuming that because I present in a certain way in terms of my clothes and my temperament and, and my preferences that I probably am gay. And she's like, and I'm not, but mom, I'm sure that's what you think. So, you know, I, I thought the relationship between um, the mother and the daughter there was so complex because that's really what they were battling. They were battling um, just this uh, Monica being who she was and the mother really wanting her to be something else because the mother has a sense that this something else was a better path to success for her, a better path to happiness, a better path to, to, to a full and happy and well-rounded life. You know, I thought that was, that relationship was really, really interesting. Did that, relationship resonate with you all as I mean for me it felt so real it felt so true it felt like every <laughs> parent child relationship 
Um, but this one in particular, just to struggle between like um, this mom who um, had let go of her dreams and had invested her life in her, her family only to see her daughter that she just really didn't have anything in common with come to resent her for the commitment that she made to her family. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, um, so anyway, I thought that relationship was, was really interesting. I would be really interested to hear, hear y'all thoughts on, hear y'all thoughts on, on them. Well, I think that it really goes back to the point that I was starting to make earlier was that we put on women something that if you are more, quote unquote, have more masculine energy, you're that tomboy, you're these different things, mm -hmm. that you're not attractive, that you're not pretty, that you're not desirable, which her mother used those words to her during the spring dance, um, that you look finally that you look pretty just enjoy being pretty for the night just something like that pretty for the night she's still pretty doing her basketball games she's still she's still a beautiful person during all these things that are innately her and so this is part of also the problem that you don't want to and you're not going to support women doing something that's supposed to be more manly or masculine because you're taking me out of my comfort zone of being able to say don't you just want to have your hair done and put on a short skimpy dress that shows your boobs and a little bit of your ass and you know just so that guys can ogle at you and you know because ultimately that's your main desire right is to be desired by a man and then to wed him and then to bear his children because that's what you're here for, right? I need you to do that. So you had these, this dynamic between Monica and then her older sister, who was everything that her mother wanted her to be in terms of dressing really cute, doing her hair, making sure that she had a man. And by the time Monica was out of school and things like that, her older sister had the man. She was married. She had the child. All the different things. However... There was something that her mother did say to her that set her on the trajectory to the end of the movie was to get Q back, which was, I've always admired the fighting you. Sometimes it's not that we are, it's not that we need to force people into the boxes that we can understand. Sometimes it is stopping and finding out about this person and the box that they are learning about who they are because there is something that is in them that might be attractive to you in terms of the person that you are not mm -hmm. in terms of something that you that you don't want to do and, and what if and monica's father had been on the same page as the mom you know she she would she wouldn't have even she would have had mm -hmm. no opportunity to truly nurture that talent that interest that she had you know i'm reading this book Actually, I just finished it a couple of weeks ago for the second time. Uh, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, and, I thought and, about you when I was watching the movie. I was I like, yeah, I'm gonna be like, 10,000 hours. <laughs> Listen, the book is so good because what he is talking about is like what is actually the recipe for success. And, and in the book, he talks about a couple of things that are true of all successful people. But the thing that is true of 
all successful people around across the board, and this is his assertion, is that they're they work hard, they have talent, but the thing that they all have is opportunity. And it's truly just it is it is like a, it is like serendipity is really the reason why the people that we look out as, as outliers are are actually outliers. It's just truly circumstances, things that happen that really ha- are outside of the person. The person has a lot to do with it, but it's things that are outside of the person. So what about somebody who di- wouldn't have an opportunity? Like, like Monica's father, I thought he was so just delightful. I appreciate it. You know, every diss that that mom had, that father was coming back with, you got it. You'll be fine. Go get him. <laughs> I'll be at the game. You know, and I just, I love that. I love that. It made me miss daddy, frankly. Um, Our father passed away um, years back, but he was that kind of dad. You know, I found him, like, I felt like, um, I felt like our, our parents were the kind of parents that, that always said, you can do it. You can do it. But I would also say that, that our mom said, you can do it, but you should do it with a husband and some children. So I mean, <laughs> a lot of that projecting one, yeah, yeah, a lot of that projecting one was definitely done, definitely done. But I want to ask, okay, because this is what my mind did immediately watching Q push down um, Monica when they were little. I guess you could say that was middle school, and <laughs> and then watch Monica when she went home as her middle school self smile when she was looking at her scar. This whole, <laughs> this dynamic of, <laughs> of, oh, he, he's beating you up. Like, this is what we tell kids all the time. Because he likes you. He likes you. <laughs> Wait. What? Where, where, does that, where does that come from? So, just kind of what is your what are your thoughts on just this this initiation of like a have some slightly the word we use now right toxic mm. some slightly toxic traits of a, a relationship like what are you guys thoughts on that bro i'm gonna let you take the mic i feel like i'm talking a ton because i just love this movie <laughs> Well, I, I, it's uh, her movie, yo. It is. I mean, I think this is just one of those. I, I think I don't, I, I, I don't know how to discuss these topics, honestly. Like, I, because, because with these types of, uh, I think that, um, you know, men and women watch a movie like this differently and I don't know how to you know because like I, I I wouldn't get that them you know that they had a toxic relationship like that's no like Han Solo and Leia no that's a, you know I wouldn't say the relationship was toxic I would say like they, you know, there was some toxic masculinity at play. Mm-hmm. And I think the person that embodied it the most though, because j- there was also some to- toxic femininity at play in this movie. And what? So, what? you know, 
I think that Quincy's father embodied the toxic masculinity. And I think mm-hmm. Monica's mother embodied the toxic femininity. How, how was his... Uh, how was his father to- toxically masculine? Okay, let's discuss. Can we go in? First of all, <laughs> you he's, he was lying. <laughs> he was creating, and he he ultimately says at the end of the movie, because Q asked him, why are you, why were you trying to teach me? Why did you want me to be everything that you weren't? And basically, that was his point. I wanted you to be a better man than me. And he said, because I just couldn't. And so this having the the things that he was doing that were showing toxic masculinity was not being truthful. Uh, Teaching your son that words like can't, but then using them. And now it's coming back in your face to not teach your child balance to not fold. You can be there financially and because you're there for his sports things, but what else are you there for? And then thinking that you hiding this thing is helping when in fact it hurt him for many years and he had to work through it. It ruined whatever basketball career he was trying to have. Of course, we find out later that that wasn't his passion anyway. But him, that that relationship that he was having with sports was because he wanted to impress you. So now this becomes even a toxic toxic parenthood. How often are we placing onto children things that we want them to do and we want them to have without actually getting to know them? Um, And so I think that he had that a lot. But it was a lot of the infidelity and lying and not quite having your family um as your your priority and um and not and not being honest about it you were lying about it for years and the only concern whenever your wife was saying that i want some time you were like these time keeps you in these types of clothes and and jewels or you know gold whatever he said he was so focused on the providing that he thought he was doing well but this gets into a lot of what has been happening in our community for a very long time that we do teach men that it is about the provisional portion and it's about nothing else. When in fact, it is about so much more um, that is in there. Totally. And I, I, I think the very first little teaspoon of toxic that, that we see that Quincy has, has seen a little bit of, of that, um, you know, masculine extreme um, is when they get into their cute little boyfriend-girlfriend relationship when they're 11. And he's like, you're my girl now. You got to get on my bike. (laughs) (laughs) And and she was like, but I want to ride my own bike. And he was like, but you're my girl. I got to ride you. And so it was just, it was just like already at the age of 11, he felt like the role of a woman in a relationship was to be dependent on him. Mm. And and so that's where you see it. And the other thing is when I think of toxic masculinity, I don't necessarily associate it with cheating. Although a person who is high on their own supply is a person who I think would cheat. But when I think of toxic masculinity, I think of anything that is like um, 
anytime somebody says something, 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 you know, to be a man, this is what a man is. It's like the things that they're saying are usually not allowing for a well-rounded full Mm -hmm. range of emotion, full range of, you know, relationship with others. Usually they are saying like, um, you know, uh, take something that is happening in you naturally, stifle it. Take something that is not happening, happening in your mind and a way that you're relating to a person and stop doing that because this is the only appropriate way. There is one way for men to, to participate in this particular dynamic and here's the way they're supposed to do it. That's what I feel is toxic. And I think the other thing that's toxic is anything that is, is, is diminishing uh, things that are of women and things that are feminine and things that are so the fact that Quincy couldn't even um, think about Monica's curfew being something that is more important or important enough that he should support her in 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 enabling her basketball experience to thrive. He felt like her being there for him emotionally was more important than her success and what it is she was working on. So that's, a, again, it's like whatever's, whatever's going on with her is less valuable and her primary role is to support and to be there. Um, you know, so that's what I think of, you know. And, bro, do, does that resonate at all? Do you, do you see that in there? Um, I don't... Mm. You... Uh, this is this is one of those topics you, I, I don't even know what to say. So, uh, so because because I can't I, I don't know how to bridge the gap between like ideals and reality of what mm. we actually what we actually experience. You know, like people talk about things like in this idealistic way of you know, but then when you're living in reality, reality is just, it just is what it is. It's, it's not a negative or a positive thing. It just is what it is. You know, it just. Well, what are you saying? Like, be specific, like, go for it. Uh, I mean, and why, and why, what, what's wrong with people calling out what is as something that shouldn't continue to be? in order based on based on us learning more knowing more wanting more for ourselves and each other why why should the status quo just be well i mean there are things that are status quo and um Like, but they, but then there are things that are just reality. But but I, you know what I, I know it's a movie, so it's. But what's an example of the just reality? But understanding that art I mean, imitates reality. You have to give I, us I, at I least one example so we can know what you mean. Like, um. Well, let's say this. Have you ever had a um, conversation with that like that from a little boy? Have I ever had a what now? A conversation like that. You got to ride my bike. 
uh, not only did I have that conversation, I would have been the main one saying, I now have to ride on your bike. I mean, <laughs> listen, are you kidding? Like, we were raised, we were raised. I mean, listen, it was, it was said explicitly to us that we were subordinate to men. It was told to us very, very clearly that our role is to help and support only and that men lead. And that, it, it, and I mean, you get the message so early, so early to just, oh my gosh, I just remember being a little girl and, um, you know, being like with some women, like in the back of the church. And they're just like looking at dumb things that are happening and they're saying, well, they'll figure it out. And I was just like, <laughs> we're sitting around waiting for the deacons to figure it out. Why don't we just go and resolve this matter? No. Well, we, it's their role. All right. So anyway, we got the message very early on that our, mm. so, so yeah, I mean, I mean, but I think the other, the side of that other messaging is that we don't teach men how to understand if a woman is giving a suggestion or a solution that this is not an attack on your manhood. This is just her giving a solution. And it's like, thank you for the solution. And then let's keep it going. But bro, what made you ask that uh, question? Um, well, let me just say this. I, uh, the movie overall, uh, I did. You being too general. Uh, no, no, I'm just saying the movie overall, like I, I actually, you know, I see the themes and concepts that you're talking about. I actually, uh, on a scale of, like it wasn't as terrible as I anticipated. <laughs> it was just like, mostly as terrible as I anticipated. <laughs> But, but but I do see the things that you guys are talking about. And there were some scenes in the movie that I thought were really, really good. Like um, when uh, the scene where they broke up, I thought that was extremely well acted. And the thing that is interesting about it is that um, – it didn't seem like they were acting that good in the beginning. L like uh, when um, when they were in high school, for example, uh, when Omar Epps and I, I'm a, and I like Omar Epps and Sonia you know, but like in the high school part, not so much Sonia but like Omar Epps, a lot of his conversation felt forced and it felt like he was like trying to say certain slang words and stuff like that. And, but it seemed like as the movie went on, they got more natural. And I like um, that scene where they broke up after, you know, uh, after they got to college. That was just a very uh, well-acted, in my opinion, an intense scene. And I also really liked the scene where when his dad came back to talk to him, the one that you, the scene that you all were talking about uh, a few minutes ago, uh, where he, you know, admitted that he could only be who he was or whatever. And um, I think that anybody who's had their father around probably has experienced some level of that 
of you know your father wanting to instill certain things in you that maybe they didn't embody themselves mm-hmm. so um that was a really well acted scene i also liked the scene that you all were talking about between her and her mother when when they came back and um i thought that was a very great scene because obviously not that extreme but i've i've seen you all have similar conversations with 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 our mom, just in the sense of being who you are versus whatever ideals that mom had. And uh, so, yeah, I overall, there were some, definitely some good parts. Uh, now there were some parts yeah. that, that have ruined me for a little bit. <laughs> like, I loved uh, yes. Maxwell's rendition of Women's Work. It was one of my favorite songs. I'm gonna oh. hate. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna hate that song for at least a year. Like oh, I'm not gonna be able to fully listen to it and enjoy. You have <laughs> been. You are. Crazy. And, and Michelle. And Michelle Diego Cello. Like you're crazy. me. Just tell me why. So tell me why. So good. Oh. But you know what? I will say this. As someone who is a romantic movie connoisseur. Right. Okay. You really are. Yeah. I, I love them. And to your and to your point, bro, um, I was looking it up and Sanaa Lathan and Omar Epps are both in their 40s. So this movie was 20 years ago. They were late 20s playing high school students. <laughs> well, not that late 20s. They were, they, they were 20. Uh-uh. Well, you said they're 40 now. No, they're 40. Oh, I was saying they're in their 40s. So, But to be more specific, Omar Epps is 46 and Sanaa Lathan is 48. Oh, okay, 20 okay. years ago, they no, were okay, 48 okay, and 26, you. you know what I mean? I got you. So I, I'm just thinking like, you probably do sound corny playing a high school student because it's like, I ain't been in high school for 10 years. <laughs> what do they say? Yeah. You know, so, but I mean. But that's, a, that's an actor's job though, is to get so into good. that moment. Yeah. And I and I actually didn't I actually didn't find that at all because because part of part of what I have watched my entire life is black men feel like they should talk a certain way even if they don't actually talk that way and then just talking that way yeah. and so sometimes that 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 character that men put on is like that to me feels like real life also mm-hmm. um, so that felt very that, that his who he was in high school and college. I felt like I knew that guy. I knew that guy. guy. I met him 25 times. Mm -hmm. Um, Please don't. I don't want to meet you again. (laughs) Oh, he's coming back. He's coming back, girl. He ain't going to find me. But so what I was saying was that as a romantic uh, movie connoisseur, whether it's a rom-drom or rom-com, I will say that it does uh, give women as we watch these things or we read these different types of novels that also portray these things, loads of bullshit. And so with it doing that, it also, in this movie, while you're getting all these deep topics that we're talking about, it still reinforces at the end of the day, Sanaa Lathan's character, Monica, wanting her man and getting her man at the end of all of it. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. There's there's nothing wrong with that. But I think not having more of the 
other side of the coin is that nah sis he actually is marrying her in two weeks <laughs> so <laughs> wrap it up and deal with it and, and 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 keep keep it pushing because that wedding is happening like and you know and, 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 mo- and movies allow you the opportunity to dispense reality for a moment because and, and i love them i own a ton of them dvds vhs's we both know this all three of us know this but those that is some parts that that do frustrate me um about these types of of movies is that there's not always just this reality portion that needs to be at play a little well i thought this movie didn't wrap it up in it because because i think it's important to know that there are failed relationships in this movie so Mm -hmm. it wasn't it's not the main storyline but uh, Tyra Banks' character, she just got dumped at the end, right? Uh-huh. Like, she got dumped because she was two weeks from getting married, and her her That's relationship ended. Movie. Yeah, and then think about um, Quincy's parents' relationship. You know, right. it failed. And so this was not a movie that, to me, was painting rosy, rosy relationships. So I am the person who is known as the person that watches Hallmark movies around the holidays because I love them. And those Quincy's movies... Mom had a man yeah she did she had a new man she had a new man but but it, like when the, the some of these movies like the rom-coms they will show only happy relationships and mm-hmm. then and then and, and then the main relationship also wraps up in a nice boat and mm-hmm. i think that this movie showed the complexity of relationships Mm-hmm. You know, and um, it showed a a a married couple in the right parents that um, there was a mother that had you know sacrificed a lot of who she could have been. She 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 said she at some at some point she went to catering business for her family. So there was a a, a letting go of in that relationship. We saw um, in the McCall uh, parents. We saw definitely a a long-suffering um, wife, but also a husband. Frankly, he just said it. He never even wanted to get married when he got married. They got pregnant. And so mm-hmm. their whole beginning of their relationship was like one of those kind of like, well, we got to do it. You know, and he married, they got married when they were young out of, out of um, responsibility. It mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, so I, th- I thought this movie did a good job of showing a lot of different complexity in relationships. I didn't look at it as one of those that was just showing all these happy, long, wonderful relationships. And the other well, I don't thing mean was, it. I don't mean it like that. I didn't when I said that else, earlier. I don't mean it like that. But I meant it as in it ended up in a bow that you get your man, and that does not always happen. No matter how complex the refra- the relationship, the friendship is. But a lot of these movies do that. They yeah. do that. And but I, it's so funny, sis. When you started to talk about it, I thought you were going to say the opposite. I thought you were going to say that this movie allowed for a more truthful rocky road. So if mm-hmm. people were going to actually end up with somebody that they've been in love with since high school, it's not, it, it, it would be extremely hard. Mm-hmm. And I felt like this movie did show that it would have to be extremely hard. But yeah. again, but at the end, at the end, at the end, you know, Sanaa Lathan, she really did become a strumpet for a few minutes because he is engaged to somebody else 
and she goes and is trying to steal him and then does and so in that way sis it is that same is that a stupid though if, 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 some, if somebody is actively in a relationship with somebody else, I don't care if you feel it as your soulmate. It's not your man. And don't go playing basketball with him in the middle of the night. Talk about I'm playing for your heart. And then if you do get it, if you do get it, my ideal scenario would be for her to say, well, now I've won the game. Um, <laughs> I, it is now your responsibility to approach me Yo. as a single a single person. <laughs> I, I think she yeah. should have said, "You go and break up." No, and then you come back. But I'm not going to engage with you while you're actively no. in a relationship. No, I, th- I think one of the one that's, of the th- that's that's a strumpet. No, I that, think one of the one of the things clear definition of strumpet. Nope, Mm-mm, nope. <laughs> one of the themes in the movie was all is fair in love and basketball. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's another just side of that coin that I guess they were you know all's fair. Wow. My question, mm-hmm. but while we're putting, bro. but while we're putting this on Sanaa, right, and we're calling her a strumpet. Uh, I didn't. I didn't call her a my, No, not not you. I'm talking about Janai. And it's call, a strumpet it, move. It's a, while we're. Considering her to be watched tonight. Just for a few minutes, she's a trumpet. Mm-mm. Probably just that one night. She's a Quincy. trumpet for one night because I'm sure they broke up. I'm sure he broke up with his fiance the next day. But for that no. night, Quincy, if you can, if she can go and just say, I want to play for your heart, and he puts the shirt on and goes, he jumps out a window with some tennis shoes on to go play basketball. Oh, he was more wrong than she was. He's the Thank one that's you. in a relationship. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's all I needed you to say. Thank you. No, because I agree with you. He was you're, more you're, wrong. More wrong. This, come, this comes in the Tyra Banks character because, boo, he's lying to you about who Sanaa Latham was. He's not even giving you the full story. Oh, this is... You're one of his friends. He told me about you guys grew up together. Yeah, girl, that's all we did. He didn't take my virginity and we didn't date... <laughs> For a long time, we didn't have sex in the song. Oh, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Ruined, we just ruined, ruined for you. Oh, it's such a good scene. This, but, that, but that we can get so that. The, the, like we could get into the the psychology of somebody like uh, Tyra Banks' character because what questions aren't you asking that you're not getting? the full story and what's happening in this relationship and what is he not showing you that now he can be outside playing basketball for his own heart where really if he was really into this person he would have got right back in that window and said good night monica <laughs> send me send me something from target like it just it just would have been you know what that that's what i'm thinking mm-hmm. that's my mind oh you know but I, I think I think Aubrey summed it up when he he said all is fair in love and basketball. I mean it's it's like if you accept those terms, then yeah, all is fair. She she get the then then. Well, I she, mean that's what they said. That's what they said. Yes, they did. Mm. Yes, they did. You know. And I think that they were just showing that. And you know, I I can see that on some level because. Um, at the end of the day, 
actually think is best for everybody involved, you know, like for it to have gone down, like it goes down because in this movie, in the context of the movie where you're saying that love conquers all and everything, then if he would have stayed with the um, Tyra Banks character, then uh, he would have, first of all, been given hers himself when he didn't really love her. And, you know, they might, they probably would have had kids. And then, you know, um, Monica would have obviously eventually ended up with whoever she would have ended up with. And now we got, you know, she got kids. And now if they bump into each other again, and now they start hooking up on the down low. And, you know, it's just like all of that um, uh, craziness was just solved by being honest about using, their feelings. Yeah, using the love wrecking ball and just and uh mm. and I guess they, they love and play basketball with reckless abandon. <laughs> <laughs> love and basketball. I I will say that I was kind of chuckling a little bit to myself when I saw Monica Calhoun's character be the one that was being a strumpet <laughs> when they were and Gabrielle Union. There there and, were two women and, that <laughs> Yeah, Gabrielle Union wasn't a stripper; she was a hoe. Now that was different. That yeah, was different. yeah. <laughs> but and you, which is because she's with Dwayne Wade, right? A real basketball player, but also and Char Jackson. Char Jackson also played a trumpet. Yes, she was a she was also fast. But what made me laugh was seeing how Monica Calhoun's character was with um, Omar uh, Epps' character, and in the movie Best Man. Monica Calhoun had been with Tay Dick's character, who was Sanaa Lathan's husband. So that that's just also, made me kind of. That's also a movie I've never seen. Uh, we're putting it on the list. The best man. <laughs> put it on the list. This is a what? What you done to yourself oh. is that there are two of them because it's best man and best man holiday, and they're good what I, and good. What I what I what I would ask is stop saying it out loud, bro. Just a little. <laughs> I just want a little break like yeah. watching watching love and basketball was physically hard for me like i was it was kind of like doing a really hard workout like it was, I, mean, I, so, just want, it was I want <laughs> i want podcast land to know i face a, a video message both my brother and sister and separately while they were watching the movie. For my sister and I, we were just getting a refresher. My brother, again, it was his first time. You guys, he literally looked like he was being tortured. And he said, Brittany, I'm going to watch it another few minutes and then I'm going to take a break. And, I was like, and then I called Janiyah and she was in heaven. And she was like, oh my goodness, don't do that. And I was well, like, well, I, think, I, th I wish I had a video record. I wish I could have recorded those videos. Yeah. It was so different. I think I think that um, just when, when, you know, I like, when I was growing up, and even now, I like movies like, you know, The Born Identity and <laughs> uh, which is my, I love that. And like movies. back, back, back then, you know, like remember the well, you probably don't, but like, like the 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 Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jean Claude Van Damme mm -hmm. type ridiculous 
movies where the bullets don't even run out of the gun and all of that. Like, I love all of that. And I just think that movies like Love and Basketball are ridiculous in the same, in a different direction. But they're just as extreme and ridiculous in a different direction. Just like I like my movies. Like, I, I like watching Commando and, and you know, uh, Die Hard. And it's where you got to do running through a, a building on Christmas Eve barefoot shooting people. Like, that's what I like. That's what, <laughs> that's what makes me, you know, and I, even though I know, I, I know that this is not really happening uh, the, or that is not realistic. I just enjoy that. And I think that those kind of movies are made the same way, but just in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. Every, 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 every movie genre asks you to take some leaps. They all do. Yeah, they all absolutely. do. And I actually, I just want to go back and correct something I said um, that I said in jest, but I, just because this is like a recorded conversation. Mm-hmm. When I called Shar Jackson and Gabrielle Union's character strumpets, I was just joking. Because, <laughs> because, because Quincy was not in a relationship. He was a single man and they were single girls. And so single men, single women... Listen, they, I, I would never call a woman that is sexually assertive a strumpet. Mm-hmm. Now, Monica Calhoun's character, that was a strumpet because everybody knew that Quincy and Monica were in a relationship. So I just wanted to clarify that for the road because but I don't think there's anything wrong if they was being hoes and just throwing it everywhere. They could do that. You're allowed to well, be. Well, but, that, but, but, when I, but when I'm using the word strumpet, I'm talking about someone who has violated a, a relationship. I'm uh, talking about uh-huh. somebody that is uh-huh. like doing something that to me, based on my own, because everybody gets their own. I'm not judging anybody's rules for their life. Uh-huh. I'm saying uh-huh. in terms of the rules that I hold for relationships, uh-huh. uh-huh. I'm talking about somebody who has violated that. And I and I, mm-hmm. I think it's a shame that sometimes we will put girls will give them the title of hoe or fast when they're not having sex with themselves, they're having sex with boys. But we don't put and the, you the, was a hoe too. I know, but I'm just saying <laughs> we didn't we didn't talk about him that way. We talked about the girls that way, and so I just wanted oh. to clarify. Oh, I brought it up. Just for the pace of, you know, it just was a pace of conversation that didn't when, allow for that was, clarification. When was Q? Oh, oh, you're, yeah. saying, you're saying Q was old because, okay, I got you. Well, I, because, I wouldn't even. No, no, Brittany, I was asking Brittany. You're saying okay. that Q was a Q was a hoe because she. In high school, he was. And then I'm oh, talking Q about. Q was the guy. Q. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. when he was, he was a strumpet as well when he decided to go play that base- basketball game. Got you. <laughs> Janab isn't a strumpet. I'm just saying when I use that term, it's like I'm I'm it's a it's a term of judgment. And I would not want to I'm not I'm not I don't want to I don't want I'm not judging girls that explore their sexuality <laughs> in high school in the same way that I'm not judging boys that do it. Everybody, let's just use a condom. That's all I gotta say. Use a condom. Which I was Love so it. happy that that happened in this movie. He put that condom on. Yes, the first did. time they did it. I yes, he did. And when I and I I watched their um I watched the 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 twenty year anniversary um 
you know. Which, so. by the way, I want to put out there, you guys, I, we didn't know that. Like, I didn't know that when I suggested this movie. So that was very, what's the word? Is that saying? Serendipitous. Word yes, indeed. That, uh, that that happened, so. Yeah. What, that, what, what was that, this, that it just so happened, like, two weeks ago, um, that we're at the 20-year anniversary, because the movie came out in 2000. Oh, okay, wow. She didn't, April 16, you know. 2000. April 16, 2000. I looked it up. That's crazy. Wow, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but that, and, and, and I, I did look up a, a couple of little interesting tidbits of trivia that I think are really interesting. Um, so Nala Lathan had never touched a basketball before this movie. Wow. Never. Wow. And so they, um, the, the movie writer almost didn't want to give her the part. Um, and so before the part, the part wasn't even confirmed, Sanaa Lathan trained for three months, six days a week with a basketball coach who was actually a, um, an actual, uh, coach for the, the Sparks. Mm-hmm. And at the same time that wow. Sanaa, an actress was training with a basketball coach, there was a woman who was an athlete training with an acting coach both competing for the role and i just thought that was really interesting um and so now i got it because and and this is and you said it earlier bro um the writer of the movie she said at the end of the day this was not a basketball movie she said it was a it was a movie about a relationship and uh, that included basketball and so she that's why she went with the actress instead of the athlete but she wanted the athleticism to be real and true because the writer herself is an athlete um, so I really thought that was an, an interesting little uh, tidbit. <laughs> I do like it. Isn't that good? That's good. And, and I have one more little tidbit, and I will stop with all my little trivia because I, I wrote down several. I want to share one more, which is that Omar Epps and Sanaa Lathan were actually dating while this movie was happening. And, and the cast didn't know. Omar got the part. He was locked in. He was locked in. Sanaa had not gotten her part yet. And he didn't want her to get the part. They didn't want her to get the part based on the fact that the two of them were in a relationship. And so, and they also didn't want people to know on set because it would be awkward. And so it was a secret that was kept all throughout filming. That is, that makes so much sense. Because sometimes their chemistry was like, like the part when they were playing the fun basketball game in his dorm room. I was like, they really, I was literally when I was watching the movie just a few minutes ago, I was like, they really look like they're in a relationship. I had to fast forward that scene. Oh! I cannot, I cannot. <laughs> Bro, I, I hope you didn't do a lot of fast forwarding because that is really a violation. No, I, I podcast didn't. I didn't. That was the only thing. <laughs> But it was just so corny. I just couldn't. I just like I I I just couldn't watch that. And like that that was the only that was the only part. Oh was, my gosh! There were a lot of times I wanted to, but I didn't. Like I made it through the whole scene where they lost their virginity. And she whatever. Oh, and um, I love that scene. <laughs> I like, love that scene. It makes it was, me laugh though. I'm like, do people lose their virginity like that? Like. It was like all cute. Excuse and, me. You know. Absolutely not. I did. You were like twenty nine. Correct. Well, not, so not twenty nine, but I was nineteen. I was nineteen or twenty. 
I was 19 and 20 and it was it was it was just as romantic. <laughs> <laughs> so probably like a damn lifetime movie. <laughs> and it, but it was even it was even better because it was planned out. It was yeah. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. just a it wasn't a whim. It was a planned out wonderful well, romantic moment. Well, you're the exception. <laughs> right, because we well, I was but I was much older than that and mine was trash. So <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And the good. answer is yes, it is. That's why this, <laughs> and that's why this movie is so good. I was like, what is all this smiling and carrying on? The window is open. I was like, what's going on here? I was like, what is going Girl, on? Girl, that's because the love can flow. <laughs> Duh. I was like, they mama's in the bathroom. Like, that's the junk that I started thinking about. The parents are in the house. And I mean, I just, it was just, oh my God. And it just. But he had been climbing in and out of her window since they were children. It's not, it was never, you know, it's not. One thing I did want to bring up that was problematic for me in my own personal life was that. I went to visit my sister at college and she did not hook me up with a college guy. And so I really just want to point that out that that's an issue. Um, care to expound on why you never hook me up with the Howard guy? Um, What's up? I don't see how it has anything to do. It has absolutely everything to do with everything. Well, I think you guys could address that off. <laughs> I, and, uh, I, and, and, I feel and, like... And ultimately, is there I uh, you know is there something that you want to say about why the movie is good before we ultimately do, do vote? our voting? Yeah. Well, the last thing I'll say about this movie that is just really great, really, <laughs> really great, is that I just think what made it so wonderful and groundbreaking groundbreaking at the time and we just cannot forget this is that it was showing black people that black people can relate to that a lot that a lot of black people can relate to again this was like two parent households um you know whereas a lot of uh, there were there is a there are a lot of movies that are black movies where you do not see that um these are you know these are um you know, people going to college, it, you know, and the fact that it was um, a well-resourced black movie, it was just, and again, technically it was a very low budget, but in terms of the way that it was presented to the world, it felt very much aligned with higher budget movies. And um, it was groundbreaking to see blackness in a movie in that way for, for our generation. And it really, it really was special. And I think we just have to just celebrate that. If the movie doesn't accomplish anything else, it did create that space in the year 2000 for us to just see black characters that we can relate to having lives that we can relate to. So I think that was special. And so I'm going to give it a basketball. It gets my basketball. Um, for me, I will definitely just say that um, there is a nostalgia about it. Um, it is, it's a movie that gives you 
it gives you suspense in the sense of what's going to happen, but also it gives you hope. But it also reminds you to be fully yourself, no matter who you are, be fully who you are. And the things that you are desiring, they will come, but they'll come in time. It's not, but do not stop going after whatever it is that you want. Uh, so I do appreciate just those, some of those underlying things in the movie. Um, but also just that it's black cinema. I love black cinema. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably a little biased and I'll be, I'm fine with that. But I love black cinema. And I love seeing us portrayed in, portrayed in so many just different ways. Um, and funny, all in one movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so not every woman in the movie is scorned. Yep. <laughs> not everyone, not every man in the movie is toxic. Yep. Not every child in the movie is is disobedient. You know, just there is a just a wide range of of characters and personalities in the movie. So with that, I do give it a basketball. <laughs> I am glad that it's over the the movie. <laughs> And that I don't have to ever watch it again, which is also a very good thing about the movie. So he thinks. Haters. I'm not a hater. And I will say this. I do agree with both of the points you just made in the sense of the portrayals and just the message of... uh, Perseverance and, and finding who you are, do, I do agree with those uh, points. And when I say that I don't like the movie, I just mean I don't like the movie to the point where I can't give it a basketball. But I don't blame people for giving it basketballs or, 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 or people enjoying the movie. It's just not my cup of tea. So obviously, I will not be giving loving basketball a basketball. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, our first two out of three basketballs. Two so we've only done basketball. two podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> this is still history. Still history. This is still history. A first is a first. <laughs> two out of three. All right. And well, I just want you to know the next time I get a chance to pick a movie, it's going to be torturous for you too. Yeah, well, it's Janiah's turn, so we both are need to be really careful and clutch our pearls. So, (laughs) well, you know, we have brainstormed for a list as a group, and so the next one it could be me, or we can pick one from our collective list of things we all thought could be good. Well, you can pick one. All right, all right, get ready, podcast land. Because we are going to then, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to announce it right now. Okay. You should. We're going to do the Shaft film series. Yes! Okay. We're taking it to this. We're taking it to the 70s. I was seriously, I was seriously, seriously nervous. But I, I'm very happy. I'm very happy. And I'm assuming, of course, we're talking about all of them. Oh, yeah. There are five. Okay. Three from Ooh. the 70s, one from 2000, and one from 2019. Listen. 
I'm all for it. <laughs> Who is the man that no one understands but his woman? Shit! Damn, Damn right. right. <laughs> we're we're going to see how your female sensibilities work through this one. I know, I know. It's complex. <laughs> Listen. And no, it's going to be interesting. Already know. It's going to be interesting. I'm so excited. And I'm going to tell you why. I've, I've seen the rebooted shaft. Sure. Well, not even reboot. Not reboot. The I've seen the recent shaft. With, sure. With um, Samuel Jackson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, that's who, that movie actually turned me on to um, the guy who plays Peoples. Uh, oh, yeah. He's so good. What's his name? I feel so terrible. I feel like I well, have we'll have it for the next podcast. Okay, okay, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm very excited about this. All right, very, very, so very tune excited. in, everybody. That's gonna be our next set of reviews. Yay! Uh -huh. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye, everyone. Hope you enjoyed. That buy bye. was that buy was really whack. I like the other buy. Well, I don't like you. You don't like the other guy? What's the other one? Oh, bye. <laughs> that's what that's oh, that. Are you oh. ready? One, two, ready, go. Bye. I, I love it. It just brings it brings me joy to hear you say that. I just like it. All right. Well, All right, y'all. All right.